buddy. How you doing? It's a hey, okay, ha, happy hour. We're brought to you by Octane Inc. Octane Inc. specializes in vehicle wraps, snowmobile wraps, custom apparel, and race car lettering with a deep history in motorsports and the love for anything fast. Octane Inc. has quickly become the Midwest premier one-stop shop. Anything you want customized with your business logo or personal monogram, they can make it happen. Visit OctaneIncLLC.com today or find them on any social media platform. That's Octane Inc. I-N-K. LLC.com, OctaneIncLLC.com. We're also brought to you by Mountain Mud. Are you a pale whitey? Do you need protection from the sun? Are you worried about chemicals and all that nonsense in traditional sunscreens? Well, good news. My friends over at Mountain Mud have a, a product uh, just for you. Um, if I can find the fucking ad copy, that is. Uh, here it is. Mountain Mud Sunscreen is a biodegradable, reef-safe, CBD-infused sunscreen made with organic food-grade ingredients using non-nanotized zinc oxide as the only active ingredient. Each 2.5-ounce tin has 200 milligrams of CBD isolate and is based on an FDA-approved recipe. It is SPF 35, water-resistant for a minimum of 40 minutes, and shelf-stable for two years. Available for purchase at mountainmudsunscreen.com. Again, that's mountainmudsunscreen.com. Lastly, we got our old friends at Baba G DIY Edible Kits. Oh, our first sponsor. Uh, you remember these guys, right? They got the, the edible candy kits uh, in case you want to make some uh, cannabis gummies. Uh, again, they wrote some wacky ad copy. Is this a fucking poem? I'm going to read it. I'm just going to read it. I don't know if I'll get the rhythm right. Uh, life in the cupboard. Same awareness fills all cups. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Life as a Baba. Eat me, eat me, eat. Refill pack, repeat. Baba G DIY edibles. They're high, cool candy. Oregonbaba.com. Check them out. Uh, they provide the candy. You provide the cannabis. Make sure it's legal in your state. Don't break any laws trying to be healthy. That's not right. You do what the government tells you. That's what they're here for, to keep you safe. All right, on to the podcast. Happy hour, guys. I'm sorry. I was late on this on this episode. I got sidetracked with travel. Uh, not traveling too far. I'm in and around Jersey. I'm up in North Jersey today uh, in Edison. You ever heard of Edison, New Jersey? It's a weird town. Apparently, it's hometown of a of a one Mr. Jim Norton. Uh, I don't know Jim Norton. Never met the fellow. I don't know if he's some little beady-eyed pervert. Or one of God's own angels sent down to alleviate us of our shame. But at any rate, I feel like I know I know the guy uh, spending some time in this in his hometown. It's got a very Jim Norton vibe. <laughs> a lot of a lot of rubbing tugs and I guess I don't know if they're rubbing tugs. You know those shady looking massage parts. A lot of that shit. A lot of strip malls. A lot of a lot of highways you can't take a left turn on. You got to take a right. Do you know that in Jersey? Have I have I mentioned that before? You can't take a fucking left turn in in New Jersey on most highways. They treat every road like it's a goddamn interstate. You gotta you gotta take a right and do a little loop de loop. Um, okay, how you guys doing? What are you fucking drinking? And why do I ask you what you're drinking when you can't answer me? 
I mean, you can, but I can't hear you. I got my coffee on. I got my coffee on, and it's not too hot. It's fucking lukewarm. That's not a. That's not a good temperature for coffee. You need that shit hot or cold. You need that shit like uh, the weather in the Midwest, either really, really hot or so cold that you will die if you wear the wrong clothing. Um, that's Edison, New Jersey. What am I doing in fucking Edison? I'm doing a few things. Um, I might go up to the city tomorrow, uh, see some people, maybe do a little set. I'm also slinging some vinyl. Huh? This vinyl is not going to sling itself. Somebody's got to sling it. So uh, that's what I'm doing up here, uh, trying to stay sane in this hotel room. And getting out and about, what are you going to do? But let's go into the fucking news. Let's take a look. The coronavirus won't go away. We're all going to die from coronavirus. Unless we give power to people who we don't know to protect us. Worst week in U.S. Wait, what does it say? I'm on the New York Times. Work we Jesus Christ. Can you fucking talk, Matt? Worst week for U.S. stocks since 2008 as virus outbreak surges the virus outbreak is surging people this is my favorite kind of virus outbreak that surges when the worst thing that happens is that the stock market dips a little bit that's a pretty good news story right because you look you know you watch movies it's always virus outbreak surges four million people dead you might be next flesh-eating virus leaving bodies in the street Weird little doctors wearing bird beaks, poking around corpses, right? This is the weakest virus outbreak ever. We're worried about stocks. We're worried about stocks. You know how much, you know how privileged you got to be to be worried about fucking stocks? Who the hell measures their wealth in stocks? Besides the world economy. What individual measures their wealth in stocks? You got to be a, a pretty rich and old fucker to be to be measuring your wealth in stocks. And a lot of you got a 401k, right? You're banking on your employer takes some money from your paycheck, throws it in a casino and tells you they're doing you a favor. And usually it works out. Usually the stock market will uh, outpace inflation or at least keep up. But it often doesn't. <laughs> it often does not. And you can never predict. Well, you can never predict when that little dip is going to occur. But uh, it seems that there are certain people out there that uh, are able to profit from these dips, ebbs, and flows in the stock market. Uh, most of us out there, if you're a working stiff, how do you make your money? Do you make your money by sitting around on property, waiting for the property to appreciate? It's not like some kind of lazy king. No, if you're a normal person, you get your wealth through your labor, through your effort, whether it's physical or mental. How creative. That's what you do, right? So think of it this way. If you make your money through labor, it's actually good news when stocks go down. Okay? If you measure your wealth by the work you do, and you're looking to trade your work in for some property, i.e. some stocks, it's probably a good thing that they get cheap. I don't know. I dabble in logic. I'm not a I'm not full out. I'm not balls deep into logic. I'm just dabbling. But it seems to me you want to buy low and sell high. Remember 12 years ago when shelter became more affordable? Which, you know, it's a pretty goddamn good thing. You think about necessities. You think food. What is it? Food, shelter, water, air. 
and love. No, it's shelter, food, air, and love. Water. Now you probably don't need love. You probably don't need it. You probably survive. You know, eke out another few decades. But you really need shelter and food and water. Those are the three main things, right? So if food suddenly got cheaper, if food prices plummeted tomorrow, is that good news or bad news for poor, hungry people? It's probably good news. Fucking food's cheaper. You can buy more of it. You can eat more of it. It's a good thing. Shelter, though. Nah, that's not good. It's not good when shelter gets affordable. No, that's not good. Why? Because people that own property measure their wealth, not in their labor, not in their effort, but simply in how much their property appreciates, whether it's stocks or rental properties. And these fuckers have been squeezing out the working man for so many decades. Finally, they overplayed their hand and their ill-begotten property surged in value to a, a point that priced out normal working stiffs. This happened last decade. You can only do that so long. You can only squeeze rent money. Money. Rent money. Um, I just learned how to talk last year. Leave me alone, guys. So... That's a bad. So the housing, the housing crisis. To me, a housing crisis is when people can't afford houses and they're homeless. To me, that's a housing crisis. No, but but if you think that way, you're an idiot. Actually, a housing crisis is when shelter gets too affordable, because the people that own the property suddenly don't make as much money, and then their businesses might go under, and then everything. Bro, I get, I get, I get the idea. I get what they were, what they were trying to sell us on. God damn it, I'm rambling. I don't know what the fuck. This has to do with the coronavirus. Oh, yeah, the coronavirus is making the stocks go down. So if that's the worst thing going on, consider it. Consider ourselves lucky. But I'm just curious, though, at the actual numbers of uh, this so-called outbreak. Let me pull some, sh- pull some shit up here. All right. Let's see what we got here. Oh, CNBC. What's their headline? Who? That would be the WHO. Uh, raises coronavirus threat assessment to its highest level. Wake up. Get ready. This virus may be on its way. Wait, the coronavirus threat is at its highest level? You're telling me there's not a higher level than where we're at? Okay, let's see where we're at. Remember, it can't get any higher than this. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Where are we at? Uh, We have... You know what pisses me off about these stories? They make the scariest shit in the headline, and in the subhead. And then the lead is fucking hair-raising. you got to read the whole article. And who reads anymore? Nobody reads the entire article. You're an eccentric, old-fashioned person if you actually read the entire article. Um, But then if you keep reading, at the bottom, you get the actual numbers. And the actual numbers rarely, if ever, jive with the sensationalist headlines. Um, Let's see. We got... Outside China, as of Friday morning, that would be this morning, 4,351 cases across at least 48 countries have been confirmed. 4,300 cases? There's, you're missing at least three zeros. How are you going to have the highest fucking threat assessment for 4,300 cases? There's 8 billion motherfuckers on this planet. What is it, 7 billion or 8 billion? Let me do a little math here. 
4,300 divided by 8 billion. <laughs> Let's see what this fucker comes out to be. Point zero 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 five percent of fuckers outside of China have contracted it. Well, I guess you got to subtract China's population, which is damn near two billion. So maybe I should divide it by six billion. But that's just the people who have it. Okay, of those, how many people have died? Well, you got to think. Let's say forty three hundred people got the flu, of which there's a few old folks who are a few people are going to die. Right, sixty seven, sixty seven deaths. 67 deaths outside of China, and this is the high. 67 people just fucking died riding public transportation uh, by the time I finish this sentence. 67 people dead in a fucking population of 8 billion. Jesus. How do you justify these headlines? How do you fucking justify it? It's... All right, I'm just going to keep reading. Um... If we, Ryan added that data does not currently support health officials declaring the virus a global pandemic. How does that jive with the headline I just wrote you? Re- wrote you. Read you. They raised the threat assessment to its highest level, but the data doesn't support it being a global pandemic. You can't lead with that, right? You can't lead with that sentence. You could just as easily frame the story as public health officials declare. Data does not support virus being a global pandemic. Because that sentence is in the same story, right? And then he, this guy goes on to say, if we say there's a pandemic of coronavirus, we're essentially accepting that every human on the planet will be exposed to that virus, he said. The data does not support that as yet. And China has clearly shown that it's not necessarily the natural outcome of this event if we take action, if we move quickly, if we do blah, blah, blah. Um... And by the way, if you're a young, it's just like the flu. The flu kills a fuckload of people. The flu kills 4,000 people a year in this country alone. We were worried about 67 people dead in 48 countries. That's like 1.2 people per country. I just, but the headlines, like you put that, like if you go to Google News or you fucking go to Apple News and you just do like a, uh, a aggregate of all the headlines, it's scary. But if you look at the actual articles, it's all bullshit. They're just banking on the fact that nobody reads anymore. Um, And also, the fucking deaths are all old people with pre-existing issues. It's like some fucking old guy has pneumonia, gets some coronavirus. He's fucking 75. He's dead. Yeah, it happens with the flu, too. It's not going to get you. Heart disease, I already went on this rant. Heart disease is going to get you. Cancer is going to get you. An automobile accident is going to get you. You know, come to think of it, I think we just, uh, we might have found a solution. This might be a self-correcting problem. So dig this. The vi- it says the virus appears to be particularly troublesome for older people and those with underlying health conditions, health officials have said. Well, the stock market's plummeting, and it looks like, Stock-owning old rich fucks are dropping like flies. Hey, this this might all work out. This is nature. This is nature running its course. I'm just fucking with you. You're gonna be fine, old people. I mean, you're gonna be. Are you not? You're not. You're not gonna be any worse off than the fucking flu or pneumonia. Pick pick a disease. You're gonna be funny if I contracted the coronavirus. That would be hilarious. Uh, 
No, imagine this podcast stays up, and then I get the coronavirus, and I die. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Then you could listen to this and be like, see? See, not not so harmless now, is it, dead guy? <laughs> Fucking idiot didn't even wash his hands. Probably wasn't even wearing condoms. Um, is it Lent? Is it Lent? I'm going to give up condoms for Lent. Uh, <laughs> that might be one thing the Vatican and I uh, agree on. Uh, condoms are sinful. All right, guys. Let me uh, drink my little coffee here. <sighs> All right. Google. When is Lent? You guys know what Lent is, don't you? If you're not Catholic, you might not. Lent is oh, Lent began on Wednesday, February 26th. Oh, just a couple days ago. Just a couple, and it ends on Thursday, April 9th. And what Lent is, don't you guys? That's when you give up shit that you're that you like uh, to prove to the Pope that you're down with him or something. I don't I don't really know how it works because it's like if you should give something up during Lent and it's that bad, maybe just give it up. Period. And if you give something up for Lent that's really not that bad, maybe don't give it up. Um, why is it only good during that time period? Why not just say, well, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so Lent, you got to give something up that typically you like. You got to sacrifice something. Um, when I was 16, I turned, uh, when I turned 16, a couple months before Lent, so I'm driving, a new driver, driving around. What's better than driving when you're 16? You're free. Uh, so that year for Lent, you know, you got to give up what your favorite thing is if you want to be a good Catholic. So I'm sitting here driving, new driver. Time to give up something for Lent. So for that, that year, I gave up Catholicism. And you know the wonderful thing is? I managed to like stick with it. Not only, you know, by the time Easter rolled around, I still maintained it. Kept that, kept that Lent streak going. Um, sorry, if you're, sorry if that's offensive to you. Sorry if your Lord and Savior is a guy in a goofy hat living in Rome. I'm sorry. It's, it's a strange, strange belief system. It's probably not one you would uh, ascribe to if you weren't born into it, although there are exceptions. There are some eccentric weirdos out there who I think are really into like medieval uh, gothic shit, or I don't know. I don't know what makes you convert into uh, Catholicism, unless maybe you're eyeing the old priesthood and want to diddle some kids. At this point, aren't you kind of suspect if you want to become a priest? Well, let's say your kid, you know, let's say your kid's in high school, he's 16, 17, it's time to start thinking what the fuck you want to do with your life. Maybe he's a little older, and he comes to you, hey mom, dad, uh, I think I'm going to become a priest. Uh, even if you, you know, even if you're not particularly religious, you, you might say, well, that's, that's good. You know, he's going to the faith. Maybe you think that, but, uh, I gotta be honest with you. I'd be thinking this motherfucker wants to go into the clergy. Is this guy a pedophile? What's the angle here? What's the payoff? What's the payoff of being a priest other than not having to work? What a great job. Ever thought about that? What an easy gig. Being a preacher is a preacher or a, a priest. You get what you get tax free income. You got tax free property. You know, you work one day a week. 
You don't have to write anything. Well, I guess you can write a sermon. But you're basically just kind of taking inspiration from shit that's already written. Most of it, yeah, I went to Catholic fucking church. This guy never, he never did a sermon. He never put a little creativity in his shit. We were in and out in 40 minutes. He'd read some shit out of the book. Maybe have a couple people out of the congregation waddle on up. You know, fat people love church. It's because of the food, you know. Fat people love church. So they waddle on up. They get behind that microphone with their sweaty palms. They read some words that some other guy wrote. Everybody just kind of looking around, staring at the ceiling fan, counting the minutes, looking at their watch, waiting to get back home to watch some football. It's an easy goddamn job. I don't know if, if your church is like that, because our, our priest would only read the gospel. But the first two readings, he'd farm that shit out to two guys in the congregation. It's like, are they getting paid? You know? I was in fucking catechism. They'd have us come up and read some shit. I'm like, am I getting paid for this? Why am I doing your job? This is your job. You're going to come over and do my fucking homework there? Father? And why do I got to call you a father? You know, some weird shit. Father? You ain't my daddy. You can't even fucking marry. How are you going to be getting called father? You can't even get married. Get the fuck out of here. I've had it up to here with these weirdos. I'm, I've had it up to here with us overlooking how fucked up they are. Get the fuck out of here with your stupid outfits. God damn it. They're weird little sing-song prayers. I want to hear a real one once. I want to hear a real sing-song prayer from one of these white-collared fucks. I want to hear, Pet systematic pedophilia is a mortal sin. Anybody who engages in it should be burned and roasted in hell. Anybody who hides pedophile priests and moves them from congregation to congregation should burn in hell as well. Amen. No, they're not going to do that, though. When have you ever heard a priest speak out against pedophilia? Wouldn't you think they would do that at least one time just to cover their tracks? They're fucking quiet on it. Fucking silent. Oh, boy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with these real estate gobbling, child-fucking criminal syndicates? What are you going to do? Eh, just keep showing up. Keep showing up, giving them money. Here, take some money. Take some money. Jesus is happy if I give this guy some money because I can buy my way into heaven. Didn't Jesus tell you not to go to church? Why would you miss that fucking part? Why don't you ever read that out loud in your shitty churches? Huh? These brick and mortar. What have happened to cathedrals? If you're going to go with a scam, why don't you at least invest some fucking money and some inspiration and make some artistic, architectural masterpieces? They don't do that shit anymore. They don't do that. They're basically schools. They could be elementary schools the way they design these buildings. Tax-free property. Oh, God. Am I repeating myself? Probably. Probably, guys. Uh, let me hit pause a sec. I'm going to have to get a... A little napkin. All right, guys, enough ranting. On to the raving. Uh, so, hoop talk. Remember last time we talked about the Houston Rockets? The pocket rockets. Going small. Small ball. Everybody's skeptical. I don't know. There's no precedent for this. No one's ever played this small. You can't. You, you, I don't know. This is, this is going too far. It's going too far. This is crazy. We don't like Russell Westbrook because... He gives media members the exact level of respect that they deserve, which is to say very, very minimal. 
I don't, I don't like these Rockets. Well, guess what? These fuckers have won five straight since I went on that little little rocket rant. So if uh, I did not put my money where my mouth is, though, like I, like I told you, I, if I were a betting man, I would uh, bet the over on whatever the uh, over under on the remaining wins is. Uh, but if you did take my advice and you place a little bet there, you're sitting pretty. Five in a row. One five in a row. Uh, they play the Celtics tomorrow. I, not a, I'm not a Rockets fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a weird fan. I'm a weirdness fan. I like things. Uh, shake it up a little bit. Uh, so And I don't like the Celtics. Ugh. Something about the Celtics. Something about the Celtics has always rubbed me the wrong way. So I'll be cheering for them Rockets. And maybe I'll put some money on it. And the second I do is the second they'll implode. My Sixers, meanwhile, are struggling. Embiid's now injured. Joel Embiid's injured. Ben Simmons is injured. He's out with the uh, coronavirus. And I'm just kidding. He's got the, what is it, a back impingement. So that's not good. Um, but yeah, I'm a weirdness fan. I like people eh, innovating, doing wacky things. I don't care what sport it is, what team it is. Uh, foot, one thing I've always thought about for football, uh, for you foreigners, I mean American football, not what you call real football. I'm talking American football, you know, with the egg-shaped pointy ball. It, I've always wondered why there's not some rogue coach, some some ahead-of-the-curve visionary, I don't know, at any level, maybe D1, D2, I don't care, high school. Maybe there is, and I'm just not aware of it. I don't know. Not any offensive coordinator out there who's just said, fuck it. We're not going to have big, slow O-linemen. What we're going to do is we're just going to lateral. All we're going to do is going to have all of our guys be like tight end size with skill, like, you know, wide receiver-ish hands, you know, fullbacks, guys that can catch. Guys that can catch a ball, maybe run a little bit. Maybe throw a block here and there. Those type of guys. Fullbacks, tight ends, wide receiver, those guys. Just get as many of those types of dudes on the offense and just fucking lateral, lateral, lateral. Fuck it. Why does that ever happen? Because um, you know at the end of the game when a team's down and they have to resort to that, the defense is always thrown for a loop. They don't know what the fuck to do. You always at least get a first down, at least when you do the lateral. Now, my football knowledge is is very limited, okay? I, I don't claim to be. And it's, there's probably some rules that, that prevent this from happening. The more I think about it, the more I'm basically describing rugby. But I'm just saying, it seems like football, more than any other sport, has room to to get weird. Because it seems everybody's very conservative in their play calling. It's only in the last 10 or 15 years that, that teams are really airing it out. Maybe that's due to rule changes. Um, but I'm in over my head. I can't be talking football. I don't know shit about that that sport. I only played it for two years in junior high. Uh, horrible time. Horrible time. Would have been great, except my helmet didn't fit. Let me let me, let me me explain. The helmet was too small, or my head was too big. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it applied this crazy pressure on my forehead, the, the football helmet did. So I'm sitting there wearing my football helmet just with the fucking migraine because the goddamn helmet's like squeezing my head like in a vice grip. Um, yeah, sure, Matt. Blame the helmet. No, it, it sucks because the helmet's supposed to protect your head, keep you comfortable. That did quite the opposite. 
Uh, I would get I would get hit, tackled, helmet to helmet tackled, and it felt better than just standing there with my helmet on. That's how shitty. That's how ill-fitting this helmet was. You know, your seventh grade, your eighth grade. You don't know any better. You're just a dumb kid. You just assume that's how helmets fit, and you're just a pussy for not being able to hack it. Probably could have asked for another helmet. But then what would have happened? I would have played football, been the worst football player ever on any level, probably get fucking CTE, not from me hitting people, but just being a dumbass and get my ass ran over. That's what would have happened. Imagine how I would sound right now. Think about how mushy-mouthed I am right now, and now imagine me with uh, decades of CTE. It wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty. Uh, By the way, props to the NFL for no longer testing or penalizing. Which one is it? They're either not testing or they're not uh, penalizing uh, players for cannabis use, which it's about fucking time. It's interesting that the two leagues that are the most, that only, until now, the two leagues that, the only two leagues that tested for marijuana were the NBA and the NFL. Major League Baseball, smoke up there, buddy. Tennis, smoke up there, buddy. Hockey, go ahead, hit that, hit that bong. But if you're in the NBA, NFL, better not hit that, better not hit that weed. That's a, that's a regal. Oh boy, do I go down this rabbit hole? This just made me think of something. On the NFL, CTE, and cannabis. Have you guys heard of U.S. patent number? I'm typing it as I as I speak. U.S. patent number six six three zero five zero seven. Um, I'm gonna explain it to you, but you might want to give it a goog. Six six three zero five zero seven. Um. This is a patent that is owned by the American federal government. It's uh, it's actually assigned to the United States of America as represented by the Department of Health and Human Services. The title of this particular patent is called Cannabinoids as Antioxidants and Neuroprotectants. Cannon, um, are you guys with me? I feel like I'm just going down a rabbit hole here. But join me. Take my hand. Let us continue down this rabbit hole. I'm going to read to you the abstract of this patent that the United States government took out in 2004 on cannabinoids. What are cannabinoids, you might be asking? Well, cannabinoids are the active compounds in the cannabis plant, which you might call pot. What do you call it? Weed. Marijuana. Whatever fucking word you want to give that plant. Uh, it has phytocannabinoids that have some interesting properties. And this isn't some hippy-dippy organization. This is the fucking uh, U.S. Patent Office that assigned this patent to the U.S. federal government, okay? read it, Listen to this abstract. That's a little dense in the language, but you're smart. You can understand. You're not retarded. Uh, Cannabinoids have been found to have antioxidant properties unrelated to MNDA receptor antagonism. This newfound property makes cannabinoids useful in the treatment of wide variety of oxidation-associated diseases, such as age-related inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. They are found to have particular application as neuroprotectants. I'm going to say that again. Neuroprotectants. You probably taught in D.A.R.E. class in 6th grade. 
that marijuana kills brain cells. There's still people that believe that. Actually, does the opposite. It's actually a neuroprotectant, but don't take my word for it. This is just the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, anyway, they have application as neuroprotectant, for example, in limiting neurological damage following ischemic insults. Ischemic insults sounds like, uh, I don't know, some, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know what it sounds like, but what it actually is, it's brain trauma. It's what CTA is. It, CTE is caused by brain trauma. It's oxidation. Your brain gets hit over and over and over again. The cells in your brain begin to oxidize. Or, if you prefer, rust. Rust. That's what CTE is. CTE is your neurons rusting. Not resting, rusting. Okay? So, cannabinoids are found to be particularly useful in limiting neurological damage following ischemic insults, i.e., brain trauma, head trauma, also such as stroke or in the treatment of neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and HIV dementia. What? Cannabinoids. This whole fucking time, the whole time the federal government is telling you that it has no medical value, we have to keep it a Schedule One drug, we have to retain the right to arrest and fine people that treat themselves with this God-given plant. We got the same people own a patent on, first of all, how do you own a patent on nature? It's no different than, hey, I got a patent on chlorophyll. Hey, I discovered chlorophyll. It has a lot of uses. Hey, it's mine. That's what these fuckers did with cannabinoids. Now, why would they do this? Why would the federal government take a fucking patent out on cannabinoids, cannabis, basically, for the treatment of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and HIV dementia. Well, we're starting to see that what they're doing, it's a monopoly. It's all about rent-seeking. You know what rent-seeking is? When uh, corporations or, I don't know, individuals, banks, whatever, use government to corner a market. That's what's going on here. You know, so even when... Medical marijuana, whatever you want to call it, hits critical mass and it's everywhere and it's legal, blah, blah, blah. The federal government still has the right to arrest and fine individuals that treat themselves with cannabinoids because they're violating patent law. <laughs> it now becomes an intellectual property issue. They got every, they got every fucking base covered here. Every base covered. Of course, once you own a patent on something, you can charge big money to big drug companies for the rights to it, right? When technically you just grow the fucking plant in your garden and use it. There's no need for processing. There's no need for any of this shit. But, uh, you know, they got their bases covered. At the very least, it should show you that these government claims that marijuana has no medical value. It's not only a lie. It's like, it's just... It's the opposite. The, the truth is the complete reverse. It's a neuroprotectant. When I was in Colorado, I wrote for a magazine called The Hemp Connoisseur, THC magazine. And I did a story on this on this very patent. I, in, I interviewed uh, one of the doctors who was the um, researcher on this. He's listed as the inventor, one of the inventors on the patent. Dr. Maurizio Grimaldi. Maurizio Grimaldi. So I called this fucker, talked to him on the phone, and I asked him about this patent and about the application of cannabinoids 
I asked him flat out, okay, in the case of Alzheimer's, are, are you telling me that cannabinoids, the correct application of cannabis, can stop Alzheimer's from progressing, as in dead in its tracks? Because that sounds like a fucking cure. Like, if you asked me to describe what a cure for Alzheimer's looks like, I would tell you, well, it probably stopped the progression of Alzheimer's dead in its tracks. And he, you know, he has a bit of an accent. So he well, yes, yes, it stopped dead in its track, yes. But then he was quick to say, but it cannot reverse the damage done from Alzheimer's. It's like, fair enough, fair enough. But the implications of a compound that's known to stop the progression of Alzheimer's should be banner headlines on every newspaper in America. That's a fucking news story. You tell me there's people walking around suffering from Alzheimer's, whether they have it themselves or a family member has it. You're telling me this whole time we've had a cure for Alzheimer's and you fuckers are keeping that a secret and indeed arresting people that use it? How are you not a devil? That's my question for you. How are you not a devil? Explain to me the difference between you and a devil. Because that seems pretty evil to me. Seems pretty fucking evil to me when you think about the amount of pain and suffering Alzheimer's can cause to many people, not, not necessarily who are afflicted with it. So go ahead, give 6630507 a Google. Bring it up next time in your Thanksgiving dinner. And watch your entire family look at you like you're a crazy psycho. What are they talking about? They have a pet. It's like, yes, they do. They do. I know it's not in the New York Times. <laughs> I know it's not on Stephen Colbert, whatever the, wherever the fuck you get your news. But it's a real thing. And it's a goddamn crime. Wow, the soapbox has not only returned, it's like become the entire podcast. This, this, is, this is strange. How about next time we keep it light? How about next time we keep it light? In the meantime, why don't you spark up some cannabinoids and protect yourself against Alzheimer's, huh? A little, what, what's the best medicine? Prevention. Prevention. If it can halt Alzheimer's in its tracks, it can certainly stop it from ever cropping up in the first place. All right, guys, I'm going to call it quits here because the coffee, well, there's one a little bit more left. Dunzo. We're done. This has been the Hey, Okay, Ha, Happy Hour, episode number 19. Hope you had a great week. I hope to see you next week. We'll try to make it on time next week. Uh, bear with me. But uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>